brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Oh, Miles here. Welcome, everyone, to your freshly delivered hour post for the week. I am just one of your hosts here on the show, Matthew Rushing, and I am very, very excited to be here, as I usually am. Uh, I don't think that's changed much. Uh, and with me, something else that has not changed, the wonderful and brilliant, fantastic, lovely Dre Kaufman. Hello, who's also excited to be here with you guys every week, so woo! Yay! Excitement! <laughs> hey, you know what uh, is also really exciting, Drea? We have two new reviews. I know! How did you know what I was going to say? We're just there. That's where we're at. I, yeah, totally <laughs> copacetic. Um, but we have a, a great new review by Bright Cannon. They say, love it! Five stars. And they say that this is the first Harry Potter podcast they found that they feel like it's for adults i loved so that thank you i loved that apparently they also appreciate the fact that we're clean without cursing so they can listen with their family <laughs> so keep it clean drea <laughs> i do my clean. best and when i read that part i was like <laughs> I, I try i try i'll try a little oh, harder man. now for you <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, you know, if it ever gets uh, above, you know, the PG level, it gets it gets bleeped it, for people. It does get you know, so it you does. Can still, you can still listen for it with your kids. But um, another great review by Jacqueline. She says, ah, love Harry. Five stars. <laughs> and we love Harry, too, which is strange. So she said more than that. She said that she grew up when not being allowed to read Harry Potter. But then she got married and moved on, and now she fell in love with the story. And so she's really enjoying our podcast, and breaking everything down just makes her day. So um, don't stop what you're doing, because it's awesome. I know, that one gave me the feels. Yeah, well, you know what? We won't stop doing what we're doing, because it is awesome. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We really appreciate these reviews. They mean so much to us. Thank you so much. Uh, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, 
where all these reviews are found. It's a great place to help us out. Hit subscribe, give us a review and a rating because it really does help other people find the show when they're searching an Apple podcast looking for, you know, you're just on iTunes like, hmm, podcast, what should I should for Harry Potter? Um, well, this helps us come up first. So just give us some more ratings and reviews and help that happen. Uh, we're on every podcatcher you can imagine now, so just search for us. You'll find us, Owlpost. Uh, we're also on Twitter, at Join Nerd Party, and we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash thenerdparty. And if you maybe uh, want to send us an email, just go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, choose Owlpost, and that will send the email to Dre and I, and then we can talk to you that way. So, Yay! Well, Drea, um, we, we have a kind of an ominous chapter name this week as we're into chapter seven already. I know, Chamber I couldn't believe Secrets. it. It's crazy talk. Mudbloods and Murmurs. It's a pretty creepy Ooh. title. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, you remember in uh, the Good Vibration song by the Beach Boys at the very end where it's like, woo-woo. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like a little, you know, ghost at the end. That's kind of what I feel like um, it should happen after you say this chapter's name. I think that's fair. Like bloods and murmurs. Ooh. I think that's very fair. Yeah. Um, everybody's like, stop doing that. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> like you're giving me the feels. <laughs> the creepy feels, which is, I mean, I would totally be doing that to stop it to Oliver Wood if he woke me up on a Saturday morning super early to practice Quidditch uh, when I didn't even know it was coming. Especially like your first week there and he had a tough week. I would, I would not be as kind as Harry was. Yeah. His, his, his week seems to just continue to get worse and worse. Yes. They really and, and I feel bad for him. You know, I mean, part of it, they did doing themselves. Right. Yeah. But then it's just been a long week and Yeah. If somebody wakes me up on a Saturday morning and I'm not expecting it, I'm not a happy camper. Yeah. Harry actually deals with this pretty well. Especially if it's before I have breakfast. Like, Don't even talk to me before I have my coffee, guys. Seriously. I mean, he's 12, so I hope he's not having coffee. But ah, Well, you know, pumpkin juice, whatever. Yeah. It's all the same. Same, same deal. Uh, yeah, exactly. Before my pumpkin juice in the morning, don't yeah, don't mess with me. So, uh, I do love this though because I just think it's so funny that Harry rolls out of bed and it the morning just keeps continuing to get worse because then of course some for some reason Colin Creevy's already up and just badgering Harry with questions about Quidditch and I just kind of love <sighs> Yes, said Harry, heavily resigned to explaining the complicated rules of Quidditch. And I just like, this poor kid. <laughs> He's having a bad, bad week. I know. This kid sounds like he would get on my nerves in a heartbeat. And it's really interesting. And I, I, I kind of, you know, I love that it, throughout this, this story here so far, you can tell this isn't what Harry wants to do. Right. But he's never outright rude to Colin. Um, Colin just seems kind of oblivious to social cues of, hey, kid, I have to go to Quidditch practice. Can we, like, maybe talk later? The The vibe that Harry has given is not being picked up. And so he just kindly kind of resigns himself that this is going to be his life. <laughs> yes. 
And I think we've all met somebody like that or worked with somebody like that before where they just don't pick up on social cues at all. Um, and it's hard to be like, yeah, it's really great. I would love to keep talking to you here, but I need to get back to work. And you can literally turn back to start working and they're still talking to you. And you just, Absolutely. everyone knows that person. And that's who it reminded me of. So I was like nails on a chalkboard reading, Colin Creevy. <laughs> it's like, please Ooh. make it stop. Ooh. And we just met him. Yes. So it's going to be, it's going to be a rough go for me. You know that sound when somebody like is doing like cutting their meat on a plate and it makes that screech sound that hurts your teeth. It's so bad. Uh, yeah. That's exactly the feeling that I got with Colin Creevy as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm just right there with you. It, what I like in this is that it, it continues to show Harry's quality as a person Oh, yeah. He has way more patience than I do. Absolutely. He just doesn't brush this kid off. He's never really rude to him. And I, I just enjoy the fact that he's he, he treats him well when most people would probably just kind of turn and be like, dude, get the message. I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I just I think. It's it's a really cool thing the way in which she continues to show that Harry kind of collects these people that wouldn't necessarily get along with other people or other people just wouldn't put up with and and Harry does and I but you never get the feeling like Harry just just does it out of obligation like there's something more there. I just I I really appreciate that. So yeah, he 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 collects what I like to refer to as like the island of misfit wizard, witches and wizards. <laughs> yes. Like that's his own little <laughs> army, the army of the misfits. Um, is Colin Creevy the little train that has the square wheel? Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. He can be the 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 train with the squ- the square wheel. Um, but I just feel like there's so much good that comes from that and so much learning that you can do in those circumstances when you have, uh, we joke at work, there's like a whole area we call the, you know, the area of misfit, you know, casework. Um, and so I, I just feel like it's always more challenging in a good way. Um, so I feel like we're starting to build our, our merry band of misfits here. Um, and I, I love, I mean, Colin drives me crazy, but there's, as we come to learn, he's going to be incredibly integral in this book. So Um, you know, don't just discount him because he's annoying. You know, there's so much that he can learn from him and he gets from paying attention. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because the day continues to get worse as Oliver reminds everybody that, well, you know, we would have won the and then he kind of stops himself from like blaming Harry for stopping Voldemort at the end, uh, for them not winning the Quidditch Cup. But you know, secretly inside, that's exactly how he feels because that's that's the kind. I mean, that's the boy. That's his age. Um, and you know, when you're that age, it's hard not to feel like the most important thing in the world is your sports team if you're on one. You know? Yeah, it's. It's hard, and it's hard not to blame Harry because they don't really understand what happened or yeah. what what he caused or prevented, I guess. So they they have been told it's important, but they won't, don't really have any sort of personal context around it, which is really hard to just buy in and be like, I missed out on something that was really important to me because someone else told me this was more important. 
Um, and it's also, again, something as a kid, I think you can really, I mean, as an adult, you can relate, but I think especially as a kid being told, no, you're, this other thing is more important is really hard and it's a hard lesson to learn. Um, and so I think that's also kind of a nod to that, that like, he's doing the best he can. Oliver Wood's doing the best he can, um, but it's yeah. still not very good. <laughs> and unfortunately, yeah. you know, unfortunately, Harry gets a little hurt um, by a little hurt feelings, I guess, about what happened. But it, it's that moment where you're like, it's a little tough. It's a tough lesson to learn. But, um, you know, I think they're all going through it together. Uh, pardon me for, you know, saving the world. <laughs> My bad. Guys, I didn't mean to get in the way of, you know, uh, the Quidditch Cup. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I saved everybody's life. Whatever. Yeah, but a lot of them think that I know that it, there's there was no Voldemort. You know, they all think he's been gone for, you know, 12 years now, a decade. So um, they they may and I don't even we don't even know if they were told that that's where Harry was and what Harry was doing mm -hmm. or they, they just know yeah. he fought something in the in the yeah. basement or the dungeon or yep. whatever the heck they called it. So. You know, it's just the tough thing of not really understanding and getting, yeah, the personal attachment to your own thing. It's tough. It can be, even as an adult, it gets to be tough, but I think it's a particularly tough lesson for kids. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think, uh, and I honestly agree with you. I think that's just one of those, it, it is one of those interesting predicaments because obviously there are all the rumors that went around at the school about what happened last year. Uh, but probably nobody knows the full story. And, you know, um, it's it's one of those things that will actually be used later on uh, in the series, in book five, actually, about Harry and things. So I, I, she kind of plants, it, this is kind of a strange connection. I didn't really think of this, but it is kind of one of those areas in which it shows that even though we know the full story of Harry and everything, not everybody else in the wizarding world knows that full story like that. So it it creates this thing where when it gets to a certain point, people are kind of like, did that really happen? You know, like, mm, are you just like blowing things out of proportion? Is this fake news? And that's a theme she plays with the whole time. And this is just another way that she's playing with that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I do really really enjoy and we talked about how poor Harry has had just a really really bad day the the joy is he gets on that broom and the moment she says it felt wonderful to be back on the Quidditch pitch as he kicks off with his broom and like you can just kind of feel that joy that Harry probably has at that moment and then of course it's completely ruined when the Slytherins get there. Yeah, they are just not nice people. They're just not nice kids at all. At all. It's so frustrating the way that Malfoy, you know, specifically, but all the Slytherins treat everybody else. Like, that they're second-class citizens. Yeah. And, of course, this is the moment where Hermione says something sharp and smart-alecky, to Malfoy, as you do. And, uh, of course, he shoots back with calling her a mudblood. And what I thought was so interesting about this, and, not, and of course, Ron tries to curse him, and it backfires because his wand's all crappy because he sat on it. Uh, not sat on it, but it was messed up in the uh, 
Well, the incident with the Whomping Willow. So, but I I thought this was really interesting because this is a moment where Ron really shines and it's kind of taken away in the movie. But in the book, this is Ron's moment, really, not Hermione's moment. I feel like this is not just Ron's moment. I feel like this is a Weasley moment. Like yes, this is yes, the Weasley yes. family at their best. Because not only does Ron try to go after him, but they had to hold back Fred and George too. So like all three of them were like on it. And Harry and Hermione have no idea what's happening. They're like, well, I assume it's not good because everyone's freaking out. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, and it's it's kind of, uh, again, it's it's a place where the movie gives the moment to Hermione, but, and it downplays the importance of Ron because Ron and then, you know, they end up at Hagrid's and she kind of has to ask, like, I, I mean, and Harry asked, they, I, we know it's bad, but I mean, what does it really mean? And, and they explain to her exactly what it does mean and, and how bad it is. I mean, it is the worst, you know, curse that you can put on somebody in the sense of just using your words without an actual hex or a curse or something. I mean, it would like be... I was trying to, to think of a comparison that I could bleep out, but I can't come up with one. No, the only one I can think of, uh, honestly, uh, for say for a female, is you called her the c word. That's also that also though is um, locational, so that's different. Like in Europe, that's taken differently than it is in the United States, which is oh, I'm sure, which is why uh, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I would just say here in America, yeah, yeah, you know, you yes. do, yeah, that's that's um, you know. Uh, it's it's yeah. almost but it's almost more racist. It goes back to those racist um, yeah, absolutely. ties that she's playing it, with. Mm-hmm. So it's almost yeah. more like calling like someone the N word. Right. Yeah. It's almost more like that, but for their wizarding status versus their skin color. Um so think of any racial epitaph that you can think of. That would be that's insulting. Just horrible. <laughs> that it's insulting in any way possible. I mean, think of anything that you could be called that would be super offensive to you that has a racial undertone to it. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, it's it's just not good. And, and I really like the way in which she uses this in the story. Like, it, it's such a subtle way of connecting these parts of the wizarding world together. Um, but they, I think they have a really big impact as you move forward. You know, like, a- again, this is kids being kids and just being nasty to each other because kids do that right but the way that she lays this out there it has a larger emphasis for and and a larger impact on the what you'll kind of feel and learn about the rest of the wizarding world uh specifically in this book with what happens later on uh the reaction to hagrid later on in the book and then just in general with the way that certain wizards are treated over others and so it's it's just really well handled, I think. It's it's interesting because along the lines of it also it, it's it being racist, it it really just speaks to the core of why like racism is so terrible. And it's that you're you're judging this person. So in, in our in our case, we're judging Hermione based on the status of her blood, which she has no control over, right? She she didn't do anything, she didn't say anything, she just exists and has this attribute. And it's being judged and held against her and it's making her less than because of something that she has absolutely no control over. 
So it applies beyond race. It applies to so many other things that happen in our world, which is what makes these things so terrible is that these people don't have control over who they are and what they become. They can control what they say and what they do. But like Hagrid points out, there's not a spell that they've come across or or anything that Hermione can't do. So who cares <laughs> what kind of blood she has? She's she's an amazing right. witch, you know. So um, it, it's I love love. So I love that the all the kids kind of jumped in and it became like this big roaring hubbub that happens and they like run away, like they just leave because there's nothing that's gonna fix it. But I think I love even more Hagrid's just response which i think in the movie we get the real touching moments of it like you get that feel that he has for her um but in the book i'm just it's just so moving that he's so incredibly insightful and kind even though she's just sort of figuring out what it means and what it is and doesn't quite Mm -hmm. know to be offended yet um you know he's there to be like there is not a thing you can't do so don't even listen to it like don't even give it another thought um and i just it just made me swoon yeah, one of the things I think that Hagrid does so well here is the way in which, you know, first we're talking about the messenger, which is Malfoy. Who cares what Malfoy thinks, you know? like, And yes, uh, you know, and this is one of the things that I don't like about what the movie does is that it, it doesn't allow this to be a lesson for Harry and Hermione because they're not hurt. They don't get it, so they have to be educated about what's bad here. And in the same way in which parents have to educate their children about the things that they don't necessarily understand, um, that there there are certain words, there are certain phrases, there are certain things we don't do to people, and one of them, like you said, is to judge people based on something they have absolutely no control over, like their skin color. That's not something I can do anything about. I was just born that way, you know? Um, and it, it's, and then too, when we use that to then segregate people uh, or demean people because they happen to have a certain skin color or hear muddy blood, it's just, it's just so, uh, she does such a great job of, of talking about this. And I really love the way that Hagrid specifically is very upfront with them. Yes. But then he is also he's just that loving uncle because then he's just like, you know, ribbing them about other things. About like, you know, hey, Jenny came by. Um, you know, <laughs> I bet uh she wouldn't mind a signed photo of Harry. Or when he's like, I've heard you've been giving out signed photos. How come I haven't gotten one? And Harry is just like ready to tear him apart. And he's like, I'm only joking. He I was knew. just kidding. He knew he was going to push his buttons. It was so great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think that it's... may be one of my favorite Hagrid moments of all time. It's because he doesn't get to pull one over on them very often. Like, you know, noticeably through the book, they get smarter and smarter and they eventually are smarter than Hagrid, you know? Yeah. So it's funny that he can still pull one over now on them, um, catching them off guard and, and pushing mm-hmm. what he knows is probably Harry's button. Um, but yeah, just the last point on that. I, I love that Hagrid is up front. I totally agree with that. Um, I think that by being able to just address it right head on as honestly as he can, and then to, you know, this is what it is and why we shouldn't do it and don't worry a thing about it and let's move past it. He handled it beautifully and it's inspiration for how to handle other conversations that yes. are similar for parents and, and other people Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. Um, 
which is well, it just made me think of, of the importance of telling kids the truth. Uh, you know, did you see? Have you seen Wonder Woman yet? Yes, Rhea? I did. In the way in which I I thought in that film, you know, Wonder Woman isn't told the truth by her mother about a lot of things, and it's kind of painful for her to come to those realizations herself. Uh, it, 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 Hagrid does the exact opposite. He tells the truth, he explains it thoroughly, and then he moves on in this situation. And I just thought that is such a great way. I mean, that's such a great parenting thing. Like, tell your kids the truth, let them know what the real story is, let them know people are going to be jerks in this world, and then you move on. You know, like, yeah, it's the opposite of Dumbledore. You know, yeah, they're the, well, they're the two sides. Very of the, true. That's the two yeah. sides of the coin, right? Hagrid will tell yeah. them almost anything they want to know. And Dumbledore will tell them only what he feels they need to know. Um, mm. So it's a good, good balance. I think, I think exactly. the two work together well. I think if you didn't have Hagrid, it would be even more frustrating to try to talk to Dumbledore. Um, but yeah, I mean, he'll basically tell them most anything they need to know, which or want to know. So I think that's his role in the whole series. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a there's a sense in which, you know, sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad, you know? Uh, and we see that both in Hagrid and in Dumbledore. Sometimes they're right, and sometimes they're not so right in, in what they tell or don't tell, you know? And I, I think one of the things that she does very well, and, and this is something I never even thought of, is the way in which she portrays these adults as loving but flawed human beings that are going to make mistakes and and it's a good way to i think talk about that with your kids if you're a parent you know hey i love you uh but i'm nowhere near perfect so i'm gonna do my best for your best but that doesn't always mean that i'll always be right or make the right decision and i'll apologize for that ahead of time and when it happens you know like i think that's that's a really cool lesson that we see in these books that um and and it's where the kids learn uh, the people that they can trust like the weasley parents or dumbledore or hagrid and you know even mcgonagall i think of especially by the end of the series so trustworthy for them um, and they've earned her respect, too. You know, I mean, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. So, uh, great series. Um, last thing I wanted to ask you about that I thought was really funny is we've talked a lot about the idea of celebrity. And uh, we get this whole thing with uh, Hagrid. When they're going to his house, they hide for a minute because who's there but Lockhart telling him how to do what he already does. And Hagrid's like, you know what? I, if one word of it's true, what he's written, because Hermione's defending him, I'll eat my kettle. And I just. <laughs> well, and I like that Harry points out, like, it was unusual because Hagrid almost never speaks ill of any Hogwarts teacher ever. And this one, he's just like ready to throw him in the fire right away. Like, first week of school, and he's already like, yep, throw you to the wolves. Well, and it's it's that place where we learn, too, that the defense against the dark arts job is not one that a lot of people want anymore because people are starting to think it's jinxed. And it's their first mention that maybe there's something not quite right with that position, and this is why we keep having different people in charge of that. I, she's so good at just dropping these little things in 
that are going to be so huge for the rest of the series. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think honesty, I think so you've got a couple of different themes that she plays with a lot and honesty is definitely one of them. Um, I don't think anyone ever lies straight out to Harry. They just kind of withhold the truth. Um, but yeah, it's definitely honesty playing as a, a big, big role um, in the series. So I think it's, I think it's great. I, I also, um, we haven't really talked about it, but it's just to me so hilarious that they, um, they have Ron like burping up slugs almost the entire mm-hmm. chapter. Um, and they almost treat it like it's, it's karma <laughs> back to yeah. him um, for flying the car. I'm guessing, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, it well, and, and then they have their detention at the very end of the chapter where Ron is having to do the muggle work of cleaning the trophy room, which he has to keep cleaning the trophies over and over again because he keeps burping up things onto the trophies he's already cleaned, which is hilarious. (laughs) And it Um, would totally happen to me. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, sadly, uh, poor Harry has to address letters with Lockhart, and, and that's where he starts hearing things, which isn't so good. Uh, he also gets wisdom, like, uh, I mean, uh, this is this is just a nugget that you're going to carry around, maybe, you know, put it on a pillow, but celebrity is as celebrity does. <laughs> Remember that, Harry. I thought, I thought you were more referring to the wisdom that he heard through the wall, where it was, come to me, let me rip you, let me tear you, let me kill you. And I was like, well, that's some dark wisdom there, Matt. No, that, no, no, no. I was actually going with the real wisdom here from Lockhart. I mean, that guy knows his stuff. Um, and I, I kind of like that, you know, Harry, he doesn't really know what to make of this. And he asks Ron about it, and they're trying to figure it out, like, I mean, nobody like came in the room. I mean, even if you're invisible, you still have to open the door. If you know, they're they're, they're, they're rationalizing about it. They're, this. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it is that first inclination that something super creepy is about to happen. I mean, something wicked this way is about to come. Yeah, it, it's 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 interesting too because if this if this is the same beast that we see in the movie. It doesn't talk in the movie at all. It has no voice. It just he just hears like random noises. Like it's it's talking to him, you know, like in a sneak language. But um, we we never hear like what it says. Right, and and I mean nobody, and that is the really creepy thing. You know, nobody else seems to really hear it. So yeah, super scary. So if you think about the fact that it's actually like you're hearing words and what it's saying. And Harry said, mm-hmm. like, that's what he's hearing. It makes it even creepier because in the book, you're like, oh, well, it's just weird snake noises. Like it's weird. Or in the movie, you're like, oh, it's weird noises or whatever. But if he's actually hearing what it's saying and not realizing it's not even speaking English, that like how much creepier does that make the whole, this whole thing? Yes, that's a that's a good that's a good thought. Um, and you just ruined part of the book. So Ugh, know, I'm sorry. Okay. I ruined no, it for I'm everybody. Just teasing you. Yeah, totally ruined. But it's. I'm excited to really continue this book because there there's so much here that I'm 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 just enjoying being in this story. Um, and next week we're gonna get into a chapter that's not in the movie at all, the Death Day Party, uh, which is a very interesting look at all sorts of things. So I'm Yay, I'm excited about it. I'm so yeah. excited. Well, Drea, 
if, uh, you know, somebody might want to, like, talk to you about Harry Potter or uh, anything else, uh, where could they find you maybe on uh, the interwebs? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at PCFChick um, or on Instagram at Drea Kaufman, and it's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Um, and feel free to reach out and give me the feels uh, as much as you want about Harry Potter. Um, it's really easy to give me the feels nowadays. So all the feels, dude, I cried so much at Wonder Woman. It wasn't even funny. Oh, oh, that's such a great movie. Anyway, great movie. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Matt rushing zero two. Uh, you can also find me doing a show here on the network with John Mills talking about Star Wars. And that podcast is called Aggressive Negotiations great podcast i think you're gonna enjoy it if you like star wars i mean it doesn't really get much better also you could find me on the trek fm network uh i'm talking about deep space nine star trek deep space nine that is with uh chris jones uh, and that is called the orb and i'm also doing the general geek show over there called the 602 club and we talk about all things geeky like wonder woman or star wars or anything that we can try and possibly fit in we do on that show so make sure you check it out and i i have a brand new i know you're like what i have a brand new podcast that i hope you'll check out it's called cinema stories and it is all about film and faith and so we talk about films from that perspective so i hope that you will check that out and you can find that on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts so Thank you so much for checking your outpost. Mischief managed. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.